Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. You can also listen on the ESPN app. In for Mike Greenberg, Taylor Twelman. I'm Alyssa Lang. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to start by getting into some NFL talk. It was a huge Monday night football. I guess if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, not necessarily if you were a fan of the New England Patriots, is the Bills got a 38-9 win over Cam Newton, Bill Belichick, and company. And all of a sudden, the Bills, not all of a sudden, that's not fair to say all of a sudden. Now more than ever, the Bills feel like the best threat to do something to the Kansas City Chiefs down the road in the playoffs this year. We put a poll up on ESPN's radio's Twitter account, Taylor, and most people seem to agree with this. The Buffalo Bills offense just feels unstoppable when it is going, and last night it was going. Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen are a combo that I would like to have any day. What do you think of what we've seen from the Bills so far as we approach the postseason? I think there's a legitimate conversation there. Now, I think the Baltimore Ravens are sitting there licking their chops because they're out of the spotlight, and they came in with a ton of expectations and looked at it and said, the way we performed in that playoff game last year against the Tennessee Titans laying an absolute egg, we've got a real chip on our shoulder to prove themselves. Wait, they then have to deal with COVID. They had to go play with basically their practice squad to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and yet I feel like the Baltimore Ravens are going to have something to say, Alyssa. But are they at the level of where the Buffalo Bills are right now? Hmm. I'm not sure, and I'm not, and especially the way Josh Allen has evolved. By the way, he can run. He can flat-out run at that size, but more importantly, the relationship he has shown with Colt Beasley, Stephon Diggs, the tight ends, they're a well-balanced attack. They can beat you in a variety of ways. And Josh Allen and Sean McDermott have found a real synergy with each other where Sean McDermott's allowed a little bit of a swagger to Josh Allen, and Josh Allen has limited his mistakes. No interceptions on passes under 10 yards through 16 weeks. Alyssa, that is a unreal progression from the first two years that we saw from Josh Allen. I agree with the pollsters. I agree with that Buffalo, I think, has the best chance in an AFC championship game to offset Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Josh Allen should have a real case for MVP. Will he get it? The answer is no. We all know that Aaron Rodgers is in the driver's seat with Mahomes as a close second. But Josh Allen, on the shoulders of Stefan Diggs a little bit, has played himself into the MVP consideration. And how many of us would have said that at the beginning of the year? Not many. I know it certainly wasn't me. Um, his teammates last night after the win were also in the postgame interview saying, like, he's our MVP, that's for sure. He should be. And I think this is a conversation that is certainly going to heat up, as you mentioned, with Josh Allen being considered for this. Because at the beginning of the year, and, and certainly through the first, gosh, 10, 12 weeks, everyone was like, well, it's it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, it's it's obviously Patrick Mahomes. There's no other option. Now, as you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers starting to creep up. And, and looking at just their 2020 numbers from a very simple yards, touchdowns, interception standpoint, these guys are all neck and neck. Aaron Rodgers has thrown for 4,059 yards. Patrick Mahomes, 4,700 to Josh Allen's 4,300. 
Josh Allen has 34 touchdowns and nine interceptions on the year. Mahomes has 38 touchdowns and six interceptions on the year. Like, they're all just right there. But you look at what the Buffalo Bills have been able to do from the last couple of years, like you mentioned, into this year, the improvement has been so, so significant and so exciting to watch for sure. Um, I want to kind of dip into the AFC a little bit because obviously we know the Bills are sitting there. Kansas City, the favorite. They got the first round by the one seed. Is there any other team in the AFC you think that maybe could make a run at making this thing interesting? Because I'm looking at Tennessee sitting there and knowing what Tennessee has with Derrick Henry and the offense that they can run. No. All right. No. Baltimore Ravens. This has got Baltimore Ravens written all over it. Uh, and I just think they thrive when they've got to prove something. They don't thrive in the limelight. They don't thrive when they are the front runners. They thrive when they've got a chip on the shoulder. They need to prove something. And the one thing the NFL playoffs have taught us in the past is the teams that have to play themselves into the playoffs have already been playing playoff games, have had their backs against the wall. They're the last team you want to play. They are the last team, especially after a bye, that you want to play. And I think if Buffalo ends up playing the Baltimore Ravens, Baltimore may surprise people, and we may never never see the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. If there's one team in the AFC that I think could surprise people, and I don't think it's that big of a surprise that the Baltimore Ravens would get themselves to an AFC championship game just because of their pedigree of what they did last year. This year's been a topsy-turvy type of year. And so is it that big of a surprise? No, but their seeding's going to tell you it's an upset. It's going to tell you it's a surprise. It's the Baltimore Ravens, Alyssa. Absolutely, 100%, unequivocally, it's John Harbaugh, it's Lamar Jackson, and that rushing attack, God help you if you play them in the playoffs. It's such an interesting division, right? Because up until Pittsburgh dropped three straight, everyone was thinking that they were going to be the team to potentially make a run. They end up riding the ship this past weekend. Then you look at a team like the Cleveland Browns, who I haven't been able to figure out how fraudulent they really are this year because at times they've looked really good and then they go and lose to the Jets and then force a win and in situation this weekend. The AFC, though, will be no shortage of drama, drama, drama as we go into Week 17 and the postseason. All right, uh, we mentioned the Bills obviously getting a huge win over New England last night. you got to give credit where it's due. Buffalo looks great right now, but what about New England? It's time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Cam Newton has not looked good this year, Taylor. Uh, I think there are a couple things to consider here. With Cam not having a lot around him, there are not a lot of weapons. There's not really many options to throw to. They had a lot of opt-outs on the defensive side of the ball. We learned Cam Newton sleeps about five hours a night. All of these things seem to kind of contribute to why things are not going well in New England. Yes, they do. Uh, I think the opt-outs from COVID-19 on the defensive side of things had a massive play into Bill Belichick and that defense not playing up to par of what we're used to seeing, especially what we saw in 2019. And yet a lot of people want to say, well, Cam Newton's had nothing to work with, really. Julian Edelman's been out. Who are the tight ends, the receiving core? We've, you know, at best, they may be a third or fourth receiver in a good NFL receiving core. I get all that. I agree with all that. And yet I raise the question, if Andy Dalton was the Patriots quarterback, would this team be in the playoff picture still? And there's a legitimate argument the answer is yes. There's a legitimate argument that the answer is yes. Because when you look at some of the games they've lost, 
Alyssa, losing to the Broncos at home when the Broncos didn't score a touchdown. They kicked, what, six field goals or something like that. You look at the Seahawks game, the Texans game. Remember the Bills' first game on November 1st that they lost? Cam Newton fumbled at an inopportune time. It allowed Buffalo to score on the other end. They end up winning the game. So Cam Newton hasn't been good. And that raises the real question. I live in Boston. I've been here for 18-plus years. I played for the Crafts. For those of you driving around listening or watching on ESPN+, Plus, whatever it may be, you, you sit here and say, well, hold on here. Uh, like I understand why this team believes that within a salary cap, with the best coach that's ever been there, you can kind of skirt around some issues. You can a quarterback. This is proven to everyone. It doesn't matter who the coach is. If you don't have a quarterback – you ain't getting it done. And that's why when Bill Belichick is asked about Jared Stidham, what I can't quite figure out is why have they not tried to turn over the rock and find what Jared Stidham really is? When you ask Bill Belichick, as they did after the game last night, why did Jared Stidham finally come in the third quarter? This answer tells it all for me. Why did you make the decision to go to Jared Stidham early in the third quarter? Yeah, to give Jared a chance to play. Um, why was that the proper time in your mind to give Jared the, the chance to play? Well, we weren't. You know, we, we weren't playing very well, and I felt like the opportunity to you know give him a chance to play. And Cam Cam did a good job for us. I mean, that wasn't the problem. We were just you know, very competitive in the game. Trying to pull wool over our eyes, Alyssa. Because for, for whatever it's worth, Cam Newton hasn't been good the last six, seven weeks. And so now Patriots fans, rightfully so, should ask the question, well, do we even know who Jared Stidham is then? Now, Josh McDaniels, who went on radio here, local radio here in Boston, said, no, I've seen Jared Stidham for two years in practice. I've seen enough. That tells you, well, maybe Jared Stidham isn't good enough. But now you've wasted the year completely. Now you've wasted the year completely because now not only are you not in the playoffs, but you don't know who Jared Stidham is. And that's where I am lost with Bill Belichick and the Patriots and what they tried to get out of 2020. I did not before the season started. I said they wouldn't make the playoffs. I didn't think they would. But after watching the season unfold, they were a lot closer than I thought they would be. And a lot of it came down to the play of Cam Newton. He wasn't good enough. It's definitely a weird conversation because every point that you just made is is obvious. The numbers were not there and the mistakes were and there were not enough game-changing performances from the quarterback to warrant like a resounding yes he is the future we can build our franchise around him at the same time there is a lot to consider with the fact that New England wasn't working with much this year so it is going to be one of the many quarterback conversations that continue as we head into 2021 that segment brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless no contract no compromise and speaking of other quarterbacks New England isn't going to be the only one with a decision to make going into 20. 2021, but at least they have some time. Uh, other teams don't have a lot of time going into week 17 trying to figure out who their guy is going to be this Sunday with playoff berths at stake. The Rams turning to their backup quarterback, John Wolford, who has never appeared in an NFL game ever. Um, that's because Jared Goff is going to be out after having thumb surgery on Monday. Uh, their opponent, Arizona, 
Not sure if Kyler Murray's going going to be able to play either because of a leg injury. This is shaping up to be an insane Week 17, but specifically, Taylor, in this Rams-Cardinals matchup, the battle between two backups, playoffs on the line. This is where legends are made right here. Well, remember, Trent Green went down with an ACL injury. Nobody had heard of Kurt Warner, and look at how that turned out. So we don't know, with all due respect to these two quarterbacks of L.A. Rams and the Arizona Cardinals, what their careers can be. However, very few people, including you and I, had any idea who the backup quarterback was for the Arizona Cardinals, a guy that played in the Grey Cup for the, for the Winnipeg franchise of the CFL team. Right, So when you hear that, John Wolford, as you rightfully said, has never played in an NFL game. This is remarkable. And while everyone wants to talk about the Washington football team playing their end, they've got QB concerns. If Alex Smith can't go, they just released Dwayne Haskins. So Taylor Henneke is going to be the guy. He showed better than Dwayne Haskins last week. I don't know if you can put that much into it. I think Alex Smith is going to be good enough to go. I get why everyone's talking about that. But then on top of that, Breaking news, 15 seconds ago, the Steelers quarterback is going to be Mason Rudolph versus the Cleveland Browns in Week 17. Now, we want to talk about the Cleveland Browns playing themselves in the playoffs. We also want to talk about what happened with the Cleveland Browns and Mason Rudolph the last time these two teams met. So here you go, adding to the controversy of what Week 17 is. The NFL got this right. I think they got it right with only one team having a bye. Other teams now need to play. They need to stay consistently. You've got so many different scenarios with uh, the wild card weekend and what's going to play out. A lot of it comes down to this final week. But you couple Mason Rudolph versus the Cleveland Browns when Cleveland needing to win that game. Alyssa, that's another storyline that many of us didn't think we'd see. Yeah, uh, and this was one that was we knew going to be very, very much one to watch going into Week 17 with the Cleveland Browns having a playoff spot on the line. Would the Steelers play their number one guys? Would they rest some people? Like you said, it looks like they're going to give Ben the weekend off, and all of a sudden this gets a lot more interesting because this is a Cleveland Browns team, Taylor, that going into the year – I always try to temper my expectations when it comes to the Browns. Uh, You look at the roster and you look at the names and you look at the talent that's there and you're like, well, it should obviously be a a good season for the Browns. Like, look, look at all the names they have. But they consistently disappoint every single year. This year, though, they have the chance to do something great, and that is get back in the playoffs. They have a chance to really put a stamp on this 2020 season that I think a lot of Browns fans would deem a failure if they don't make the playoffs. They are knocking on the door, and now they get the chance to face the Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger. I'm curious to get your thoughts on where you think the Cleveland Browns are, because if they fall short in this one, I'm going back to, like, next year – the Browns are going to have to do too much to prove to me that they are actually a good football team because if they can't make it in this year now, I'm I'm losing confidence in them by the second. Yeah, see, that I, I don't think it's getting enough credit, and credit's the wrong word, but enough analysis at how difficult last week was against the Jets in the sense that you prepare for a team with a full gauntlet of players and then they Saturday you out. find out you don't have anyone there. Now, in saying that, Baker Mayfield fumbled the ball three times and two of those he lost and it cost them the game. He rightfully so raised his hand and said it was his fault. They still should have won the game. The Jets are pathetic. I get that. 
But the point being, it threw a wrench into them. They played phenomenal against Baltimore on Monday Night Football, the game of the year, in my opinion, and yet they lost. But there's still some real growth. Baker Mayfield sound from the over the weekend. That was the biggest takeaway I had of Week 16, Alyssa, because that shows you there's a culture change. That shows you there's accountability with the young player and also maturity with Baker Mayfield. And so I think the Browns are going to get in. But imagine if they don't. Yeah, it is a failure. I don't care what anyone tries to tell me. With the amount of uh, talent they have, the success they should have, and the few losses they had where they shot themselves in the foot, then I agree with you, yes. But to say there's no progression, that's where I think some people are losing it. The Browns are going to Browns themselves. Not really. Not really. I mean, this is their best year they've had in a long, Mm -hmm. long time. That's a sign of progress. Now, what they do next year... That's where your point comes into fruition. I want to use that, though, to next year. And I'm going to use that my transition because if, if, and it's a massive if, the Chicago Bears make the playoffs, do they really pick up the option of Mitchell Trubisky? Like, are we really having this conversation? Have they not paid attention at all to the Philadelphia Eagles and what's going on with Carson Wentz? Like, are you really good? Is Mitchell Trubisky really going to get a new deal? And if he does, then who does that? Who's that a a a negative for? Matt Nagy. Like, what are you doing? What did you do during the year where you messed up Nick Foles in in, in Trubisky, and now Trubisky plays yourself and your team into the playoffs? What? It does. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense if we're sitting here having this conversation next year. Uh, We know the drama and all the commentary that surrounded the Bears in their quarterback room. I do believe they have to be at the top of the list for teams who are going to make a change at that position. Not just drafting a Trevor Lawrence or, or bringing someone in out of college, but similarly to the conversation we had about the Patriots, there's somebody else that's got to be out there that can be better than this. I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is at this very moment, but I cannot imagine that Chicago fans are going to be very happy if we're sitting here in July, August next year going, all right, Trubisky again. Another year with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, like you said, they have a chance to make the playoffs this weekend. They have to beat the Packers. It depends on what the other so. option is, though. Like Honestly, if you look at Mitchell Trubisky and the way he plays, that may be a good spot for Carson Wentz. That may be a spot yeah. where they say, you know what, we'll take Carson Wentz in that contract. We'll find a way to do that because that may be an upgrade. But to if they if they pick up the option of Mitchell Trubisky, I'm sitting here looking at you right now saying, who in God's name has Chicago been paying attention to in 2020 with the scenarios and everything that's happened? I get it. The Packers, I don't think, are going to be motivated. I don't think they need to be motivated. But what I, I, I don't get it. It's flabbergasting to me. That side, uh, talking about the NFC, is significantly less exciting, I think, than the AFC, um, specifically the NFC East, which we touched on it. Washington going into this weekend, again, they are also in a win-and-in scenario, but behind their two backup quarterbacks, will it be Alex Smith or Taylor Heineke? We will see. That's another franchise that you have to believe is going to be looking for a new starting QB. Uh, I, I love Alex Smith. I love the story. But it still makes me a little nervous 
having uh, the starting quarterback hinge on Alex Smith, the guy who has been through so much and, and come back from so many injuries. We know Taylor Heineke is likely not going to be the face of your franchise moving forward. So a lot of quarterback movement uh, to be had, not only this week, Taylor, but going into 2021 for sure. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to Trevor Lawrence's long blonde hair uh, blowing in the Duval breeze in about six months. Uh, before we hit the break, what you got for us, Taylor? Got a little something from ZipRecruiter. It's finally a new year, the perfect time to take your business to the next level by hiring the right people. But finding qualified candidates can be very challenging. ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny makes it easy. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, we've got more coming up here on Greeny. A former NFL exec is going to stop by to get us set for the crazy week that is about to be week 17. Plus, introduce us to a couple of the new quarterbacks that you will see in action this weekend. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Greeny, and from our family at ESPN Radio to yours, wishing you a very safe, healthy, and happy holiday season. Want to make sure that you know that starting Tuesday, January 5th, we are moving. We'll be coming your way every morning starting 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on ESPN Radio. Welcome back to Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN Plus. And for Mike Greenberg, Taylor Twelman, I'm Alyssa Lang. We are presented by Progressive Insurance making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. All right, uh, we spent the last few minutes talking about the quarterback craziness in Week 17, a lot of craziness as we head to the postseason. So joining us now, Randy Mueller, who spent over 30 years as an NFL exec, including time with the Saints and Dolphins as their general manager. Randy, thanks so much for being here with us. Uh, I want to hit you first on two of the guys that we expect to see under center this coming weekend. Taylor Heineke for the Washington football team and John Wolford for the Rams. You're familiar with both of these guys. What do we need to know about them uh, in big week 17 scenarios? Well, Happy New Year to you guys. It's good to be with you. Yeah, the, the band is playing in the background, who'd have thunk it, <laughs> when mentioning these names, that's for sure. Um, interesting characters, like you say, uh, probably uh, not the household names we would anticipate in those teams' giant games this weekend, in the biggest games of the year. John Wolford's a kid that I'm familiar with, both at Wake Forest and then through the Arizona Hot Shots in the AAF. 
um, smaller kid, um, more of a play-action pass guy, RPO guy, um, going to require a little bit of a different game plan, I would think, from Sean McVay for the Rams to succeed. But they're going to have to have a very clean pocket for him to operate just based on the fact that I think he's about five foot ten. So that's going to be a, a limiting factor. Um, you mentioned the other one, Taylor Haneke, who played in the XFL, uh, really was a backup in the XFL, believe it or not. Played behind Jordan Tuma uh, from St. Louis. Uh, you know, I don't know that Taylor even reached uh, – I don't even know if he got in a game, to be honest with you, in the XFL. So that's quite a surprise. But in defense of the, of the Washington football team, they're down to their fourth guy, so their options are limited. Randy, you spent over 30 years as an NFL executive GM of the Saints and 2000 NFL Executive of the Year with the Dolphins. What do you make of the Washington football team moving on from Haskins this week versus last week when all of the off-the-field transgressions actually occurred? Yeah, it's an interesting uh, referendum, that's for sure, on the kid. And I know there's a lot of people ganging up on him. And sure, he has had a litany of transgressions to speak of but i think he's a little bit of a victim of timing right this Mm -hmm. staff did not draft him um they are in the middle of a giant cultural movement that has you know really bogged down the the washington football team for the last 20 years so to speak and i just don't think ron rivera had any choice at this point he's all about accountability i spent time with ron with the chargers Um, he's about accountability and and the message to the locker room he can't be any other way. He needs to tow what he says, and in this case, Haskins pays the price. Uh, the, the fact that he gave him an opportunity and another opportunity and then a third opportunity and it failed, I don't think they had any choice but to, to let the kid go at this point and, and uh, be damned for what it does to their chances this weekend. They're going to try to band together and, and play behind this young uh, quarterback. Randy, would you take a chance on Dwayne Haskins with the rookie contract and two years remaining off of waivers? Um, I wouldn't right now. I think some time has to pass, Taylor. I think they have to – the water needs to go under the bridge, and you need to see where this kid is mentally. There's no question he has a skill set. He's a big, good-looking kid who can make throws. Um, I see why teams you know, thought they could mold him a little bit. But I, I, I don't, I'd struggle with it right now because I just don't think he's mature enough and has shown that intangibles and leadership matter. And I think those are big things, especially when you're talking about that position. I do think he'll get another opportunity, but I think it'll have to wait till next year. That's just my opinion. We're talking with Randy Mueller, who knows all about life as an NFL executive. He spent over 30 years doing it. Uh, I want to talk to you about Cam Newton now, Randy. Obviously a very different situation from Dwayne Haskins on that one-year deal up in New England, and it just hasn't gone well in 2020 for Cam or the Patriots. Where do you think he ends up after this year? Is it New England? Is it somewhere else? What's the future look like for him, in your opinion? Yeah, great question. And I was one of the ones that backed the move, and I I still think it was a better option for them than others had presented themselves, being they were cap-strapped and they as in the Patriots. It just hasn't worked out. We've all seen it kind of digress in front of our eyes. Um, Cam is not the player he once was. I think Cam would probably admit that with some some truth serum. Um, I don't think he'll be the answer. I don't think they have the answer at quarterback on their roster in New England. They're going to have to evaluate quarterbacks for the first time in 20 years. And they haven't really done a great job of drafting the last few years. So I see New England as a total rebuild. 
I don't think Cam is going to be part of that rebuild. Uh, do I think he'll show up somewhere? Probably as a backup somewhere else. I just can't see another team turning over their franchise to him, especially with the resume he put together this year. He's really struggling to, to one, throw the ball, and two, uh, it's just hard to win when you can't put it downfield. And, and he struggled with the basic throws that NFL quarterbacks around the league make every Sunday. So it's going to be a struggle for him. It's obviously going to be about fit. Maybe it's a place like the Ravens where he can go back up a Lamar Jackson and, and run the ball like Lamar does. He's not as dynamic as him, but he, 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 he brings a, a series of packages into play for certain offenses. And, and that's one in Baltimore that, you know, probably would have to adjust less than other NFL offenses to, to suit a guy like Cam. No, but Cam would have to adjust, Randy, you and I both know, to being a backup and being a reserve. But you you said something interesting about the Patriots. I want to stay with it. Does Bill Belichick really stick around for a rebuild? Well, I think it's hard. I think I don't think he's given any, any indication that he won't, but I do think it's a rebuild there. They're just lack of talent. I mean, it was clear as day last night that, the torch has been passed, right? The Bills are now the Kings. I would say this, Taylor, I thought the Bills had the best four or five players on the field. So it's not Agreed. like Josh Allen is, has, has raised the level himself. They're just a way better team. And, and I think there's a talent void in New England. They have struggled to, to add to the mix. There, no team has been worse in trying to draft and develop wide receivers than them over the last 10 years. So they've got to find a way to change some of their processes for building their team as well. And, and you're right, Bill is getting up there in age. I don't see him backing away from this challenge, but I don't think it's one that's going to happen overnight. The good thing is they have about $40 million under the cap for next year, so they've got some space to add players. Whether they can add the right players, I guess time will tell. Randy, I want to go from rebuilds and quarterbacks to new coaches for a second. Uh, there's been some talk about Urban Meyer going to the NFL, potentially heading to Jacksonville, one of the potential head coaching openings here over the next week or so. What do you think is the most attractive organization right now for a coach to want to go to, whether it's Houston, whether it's Jacksonville, Detroit, Atlanta? What stands out? Well, I think there's a lot of different criteria, and it depends on the coach. You mentioned a guy like Urban Meyer. I don't think he's going to go anywhere and work for a general manager. So he, he's a candidate in, in, most, in, in most cities if the owners are on board. So the owners would reach out to him. I don't think there would be a middleman. I, I don't think there would be a GM in place if he takes a job somewhere. And that might be Jacksonville for a guy like Urban Meyer if he's willing to do that. You know, demographics make sense. Um, geographics make sense. He, he obviously had a great, you know, stay in Gainesville. Um, that may be the, the best fit for him. So I think it depends on the individual franchises who the best candidates are and, and frankly, the GM that goes with them and the people, the ownership around them. I thought for a long time that Atlanta was going to be a great spot, and it still might be, but I believe in the owner. I believe in their president. I think you have two people in place there in Rich McKay and Arthur Blake that are going to add to it. And especially if they hire a, G, a seasoned general manager, if I'm a coach, that is a great group to lean on and I think they stand a chance to be very successful so I think you can make a case for a lot of these franchises depending on you know what your criteria is and who you are as a person and personality as far as the coaches go he's Randy Mueller he knows all about the biz has been all over it you can read more of his work on his website at MuellerFootball.com Randy thanks so much for being with us here thanks guys happy new year to you 
All right, Taylor, uh, before we hit the break, uh, I drop my phone a lot. You have something that can help me, apparently. Straight Talk Wireless. It's time for some Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all drop our phones like Alyssa says. It happens. You fumble it, you crack it, you splash it, or as I like to do, I kick it sometimes. Well, Straight Talk Wireless now offers this new Platinum Unlimited plan that includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and data, plus 20 gigs of hotspot and 100 gigs of cloud storage and more, all on the best network. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See mobile Protect terms and conditions at assurian.com slash straight talk limitations and applications apply. All right. Coming up next here on ESPN radio, we're going to get into some more college football talk. The playoff semifinals start on Friday. We're very much looking forward to that. We're going to hear from Nick Saban, who is talking the future of the college football playoff. Those comments next. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Greeny, and from our family at ESPN Radio to yours, wishing you a very safe, healthy, and happy holiday season. Want to make sure that you know that starting Tuesday, January 5th, we are moving. We'll be coming your way every morning starting 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on ESPN Radio. Very excited for Friday's college football playoff semifinal games. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. More on that in just a moment. Welcome back to Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And for Mike Greenberg, Taylor Twelman, Alyssa Lang, ESPN Radio does have you covered for all the bowl game action. Tune in today for the Cheez-It Bowl, followed by the Valero Alamo Bowl, presented by Merrill. Coverage begins at 4.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Uh, Earlier in the show, Taylor, we talked about the college football playoff. Alabama is no stranger to it. Uh, We are no stranger to seeing Alabama be successful in it. The only year they missed it was 2019 when they were not in the SEC championship. LSU had a storied season and went on to win it. But 2020, they're back in it. They're facing Notre Dame. Uh, Before we get back into the college football playoff and our thoughts on the structure, what it looks like this year, let's hear from Alabama head coach Nick Saban on what he thinks the future of the CFP looks like. I've always been a guy that, you know, when we started the playoffs, um, when we started picking two teams to play in a championship game, you know, my biggest fear was, you know, college football had a great venue. It was the only thing that everybody, a lot of people got rewarded for having a great season by going to a bowl game or whatever. And my concern was as soon as we started to have playoffs that uh, all the focus would be on the teams in the playoff and there would be, uh, a minimal amount of interest in, you know, some of the other games. And I don't think it's healthy for, you know, college football players when players, you know, opt out, don't play in bowl games and all those types of things. Um, you know, but it is what it is because most of the emphasis is on, you know, the playoffs. And in some ways that's unfair to the other teams. And I don't really know what the solution is. I mean, the easy solution, Taylor, is just do a March Madness style bracket. 
everyone has a chance. No one can opt out. Everyone has a shot at the national title, but we know that that's not possible when it comes to college football. We could expand it, though, and maybe make this thing a little bit easier. But he's not. He's on the same wavelength that I am, yeah. right? And and so I'm not totally sure I know what the solution is. I do know the playoff solution is six, eight teams and being more of a play-in type of situation where you play yourself in. But you've got the arguably the greatest coach college football has ever seen, if not the greatest coach ever, saying something's wrong, something's off. Now, I, I understand the players opting out, Alyssa, in a COVID-19 year right now where you've had a break, there's no reason to risk it. I get that. I 100% get that. But we started to see players opt out of these bowl games for their NFL draft status and prospects way before the pandemic came and so i just wonder can this thing be tweaked can it be fixed my favorite part about college football is that every regular season game matters that is the one league the one league yeah the nfl is similar but they're expanding their playoffs so now regular season games become less and less more more important but college football you can barely lose one game and still have a shot and so i love that I love that. However, when it comes to crowning the champion, something's missing. Something is missing for me. And the fact that Nick Saban is basically saying the same thing without offering a solution, because you and I both know he probably has a solution. He just doesn't want to make it public. Um, I think that says it all to the college football playoff committee. I think it says it all to the college football fan. And I think it says it all to the networks that support college football that maybe we need to tweak this thing to maximize it, it, its opportunity to expose all of the college football programs around the country and not just the four that make the playoffs. I was disappointed that we didn't get that opportunity in 2020 in a year where everything was so different, where you've got conferences only playing conferences. That's the only measuring stick. Why not open it up or why not maybe change the rules a little bit to let an undefeated Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina at least get a shot? Instead, we've got Notre Dame back in it who lost to Clemson in the ACC championship. Uh, It is what it is. I didn't think they should have gotten another opportunity to have a shot at it when they had their prove to me moment at the end of the season but here we are still going to be some fun football games to watch the semifinals on friday looking forward to it for taylor twelman i'm Alyssa langrini continues next with field yates and joe fortenbaugh greeny the podcast